We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Hello, everyone. My name is Cheryl Downs. I'm I'm your host tonight. My pronouns are she, her. We're talking football beyond the pod, episode 90. As per normal, we always talk about the Matilda cap, which coincide with the episode. But before we do that, let's go around the room a little bit. Uh, Stefan, you've got the biggest week in football by the sound of it. Oh, maybe. It's it's incredible, isn't it? All these, all these fine games to go to. Uh, spoiled for choice, I got to say. So, yeah, two young Matildas games and the and the Matildas game coming up. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to be at all of them. So, can't can't wait, Cheryl. A- apologies well, in advance to your employer. Hey, um, yes. By the way, you're <laughs> if you need to not do NPL Capital Football Rap for a week to do the young write about the young Matildas game, definitely do that instead. You know, so we'll see how we go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very, very good. Eric, you seem to challenge that Stefan's yeah. got the biggest week in football. Is that because yep. you are stalking all the people in Canberra and all the games in Canberra and That's... plus futsal and plus you... anything? You couldn't. So um, I have a NPL commentary gig tomorrow. I'm just waiting for them to tell me who the camera operator is. Then... um. I'm also watching a game tonight, but that's not an issue. I've got, I've got, I've invited to an N, uh, women's season launch for Northern Tigers, NPL New South Wales team on Friday. Then I potentially have a women's call on Sunday, unless it's postponed due to a place being with, uh, still having, taking breaks from A-League women's season. But um, I've just been asked to be the commentator for the two Philippines versus Fiji matches that are happening in Western Sydney on the Thursday 7th and Monday the 11th. I'm assuming by the time this is published, that'll actually be official. They're running a stream on their Facebook page. I don't know. So I've only just been asked about it, so working this out as we speak. So, yeah, uh, consider yourself one up, Stefan. (laughs) Yep, you win. Yep, I agree. Congratulations, hot off the press. That sounds like great news for you, Eric, and well-deserved as well. There's probably... Very few, if any, people out there who know more about the um, the Philippines national team than you do. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, because I'm like their only Because I'm, oh, oh, Lockie didn't keep track of those players, though. <laughs> but um, Lockie would tell you all about their colleges, of course. Yeah. So That's very true. Well, it sounds like it's a big week in football for both of you. Madge, big week in football for you. You've got flights, although the flights to Townsville is, is that Friday that you're flying up Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, going up Friday, um, game Friday night, then um, off to Canberra on the Saturday, hoping that I can catch the Young Matildas game on the 10th. I might have my sisters in Canberra, so I might have to do sister time, but I might try and get out of that. Um, and then, of course, the Canberra <laughs> game on, on the Tuesday. So, yeah, family versus uh, Young Matildas, I don't know. Sister at the football? Oh, yeah, that might be the option. I have to drag her along, yeah. Well, I feel I feel like I'm just not achieving enough talking to all of you lot and everything that you're doing. I'm not mm-hmm. going to Townsville. I'm not going to Canberra, but I will watch the matches at home and I'll, I'll do my very best to get involved. I'll be doing some behind-the-scenes work for Women On Side Women's Football Writers Festival 
So if you haven't got your tickets yet, or if you're if you're going, get your tickets. If you're not able to go, it'll be a great event, and hopefully a couple of people will get there to see it. It's our very first one, and then after that, next year coinciding, I suppose, with the World Cup year, I expect it will be bigger and better. Anyway, there's room for two, as we've seen across social media. Let's jump into our uh, cap number 90, which is Katrina Boyd. Matilda's debut in 1996, she played for the national team until 2000. Her grassroots club was one which is no longer there, to the best of my knowledge, Campbelltown Police Youth Club. Mm. I'm looking at, I'm looking at so. Eric. Um, no, nah, it doesn't. Now, the thing is, because not every comp is affiliated through the state feds or the national feds, it's possible it still exists somewhere, but there is no MacArthur Football Association Club by that name. So might have been go. merged with some other club. Yep. Uh, as these things happen, and we talked to Neil Bennett last week about the Northern Redbacks merging as well in Western Australia. So Boydie made 29 appearances for the Matildas, 28 of them as A internationals, including nine goals. And, and our resident um, football expert from that era, Groobs, has sent us some, some details just for some behind the scenes. You can try and imagine what this player was like that you may or may not have seen much of on any um, video highlights or anything, and probably literally video. Um, Boydie, an absolute speedster and a terror up front, so it sounds like pro- probably someone quite terrible or uh, if you were up against her, but she was a powerhouse of the New South Wales football system and she did torment torment other teams at national championships. Sometimes she was in strife with the referees a little bit um, as she liked to ask them questions, which is a very polite way of saying maybe challenging the decisions that they had made. Powerful off both feet, which is an exceptional quality back in that era, I think, and could also turn on a dime. I think we're going to talk about this later in the UEFA Women's Champions League, but there was a top goal turning off a couple of feet there. Uh, Also great in the air, a terrific character and loads of fun. She's talking about her being the life of the party at some national championships, and it's a bit of a theme that she just um, was pretty good on the dance floor. So (laughs) groups, we would never have known that without your incredible detail. So a shout out to Grooves for all the information that she can share with us. And on your Boydie, congratulations, cap number 90. We're heading into the 90s and very soon we'll be getting close to cap 100, but that's just a, a number milestone. All the players along the way are very, very important. We'll put a link in the show notes, just a little bit in there about the grassroots football project where i go off and do some research beyond Wikipedia, which is not that impressive. And you can find a little bit more information about the players and whatnot as well. Talking about a big week in football and we've got a big week ahead, but it's been a big week to this point as well with the announcement of squads for matches coming along, but also there was an announcement that young Matildas, we already knew that the Matildas were having a a two-match series against New Zealand in in Canberra and Townsville or Townsville and Canberra, but there's also a two-match series against New Zealand for the young Matildas. So if you're in and around Canberra, this is a match that we definitely suggest that you get to. I am not aware, and I'm not sure if anyone is aware, if it's being telecast. I'm looking for... Smiles, nods, thumbs, doesn't doesn't look like it. Um, so your best bet is to be at the game. Um, we did talk to Groobs to see whether or not she would live stream off her phone or maybe she can just talk us through oh, it. Oh, but- I would not recommend that for rights purposes just because <laughs> things aren't broadcast doesn't mean rights don't exist. So I'm I'm I, pretending. 
she can she can talk on the phone and say, oh, that was a great shot by player, blah, blah. But potentially we'll have someone at the ground who might be able to do some tweets for us or we might have official tweets as well. So it'll be interesting. It'd be great to see so many of those players who have either been in the A-League women's teams and particularly for the New Zealanders who may have been part of the Wellington Phoenix squad. So just a couple of details. The first game is on Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 6th of April, 6.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Um, Steph and I have no idea where that is. Uh, it'll be my second outing there in four days. I was there yesterday. So it's um, in in southern Canberra, central southern Canberra, near um, in the Woden area. Okay. Lovely well, little stalk, stadium. Stalk Stephanie if you if you can find him, stalk him. And then the second game on Sunday at 2 p.m. at Viking Stadium, which Many people should be familiar with that one. A 28-player squad has been announced for the young Matildas. Uh, do we want to go around and, and have a bit of a chat about any any great entries that we see there or any surprises, given that most of them, I think, have been playing a little bit in the A-League women. We've seen quite a few. There's a couple there that have, to this point, their club is just noted as Football New South Wales. So we may have seen less of them, Eric. I don't I don't know your thoughts. Stefan and Madge go first. I'll call, I'll take care of the rest of the squad. Well, look, I'm I'm pretty bad at this because um, whenever our friends sort of sit around and um, and watch watch uh, the dub, we inevitably end up playing the game of how old is that player, and we always <laughs> ah. guess wrong. We always guess wrong. And we end oh up dear. Up, we always end up looking it up, and they're always younger than we think they they're going mm-hmm. to be. So mm-hmm. there's a few players there that that I I. Didn't know if they were going to be uh, that young or not. But, um, yeah, so, look, um, I think it, it's a great spread and it's great that we've seen um, and familiar with a lot of these players. So that's why I think there'll be a lot of intrigue and hopefully lots of people get out to the games to um, to see how some of that, the upcoming generation um, starts clicking. And, of course, this is the team that's going to the World Cup. Right, young Matils are going to World Cup, so yeah. not... Uh, Time remains to be seen which specific group of players, but yeah, that's we've we've um qualified for the under twenty foot World Cup by a strange method, but yes, we're still in there. So I imagine for so just to be clear to the listeners as well, the squad for the young Matildas in this case is players born two thousand and two or later. So if you're just trying to work out, well, what's the difference between the Matildas? Obviously, that's open age, but any age, really, because we've seen all sorts of young players debut there as well. And the junior Matildas. The junior Matildas are players born in 2000 only for this instance. 2005. Oh, sorry, is that not what I said? You said 2000. And I just want to make sure that everyone feels as old as I do. I'm very sorry. Pointing that out. 2005. I'm reading sideways and trying to work out what bits and pieces. So, and I imagine the squad that we're talking about for the young Matildas who will head to the World Cup as well at the moment, it's a squad of 28. And I don't imagine that their rules for how many players they can take would be much different to. Yeah, it's twenty. So there would be, be there would be a, it was twenty three for the last list. tournament. Yeah, yeah, so. there'll be a short list at, at some point. Mm-hmm. So, Madge, did you want to call out at least Jamila Rankin? Who's yeah, of on course. There? Very happy Please. that Jamila's in there. The only Brisbane Raw player, or, or um, well, she's Northern New, um, New South yeah. Wales football. So it's obviously a bit she's, of a. a she's a, a, really a Queenslander. In yeah, I think in so. spirit, she's a Queenslander. And she's been she's been playing with the QAS recently yeah. as well. So, but a bit bit of a gap there from from Queensland. But you know we've we've had some peak periods before uh, come through the system. But you know mm-hmm. great names there. So um, 
you know, Naomi Chinema from, uh, from Melbourne City, uh, uh, Kirsty Fenton, uh, Newcastle, Sheridan Gallagher, everyone's, everyone's favourite favorite uh i i can't Gallagher. swear can i <laughs> no, you, no, you, no you can't i recommend you the... briley henry so yeah some absolutely fantastic names in there um going down further we've got our oh, Char- charlie's rule uh from sydney um so yeah lo- lots of great talent and it'll be great to see uh, how they come together Stefan, from you, we've made a special ode in the the feature image as well, just to celebrate the the goodness that is coming out of the the world in green. Absolutely tickled pink. Thank you about that. Uh, so, um, so for listeners, it's something to to uh, have a look at when you when the uh, when the article gets published. But um, I love this squad. It's a it's a real celebration, I reckon, of the last two years of, of the competition in the W League and the A League Women's. Um, if you remember two years ago when all our big name Matilda's players were headed overseas and then COVID came and everyone was wondering, you know, would this be a development league? And as, as it turns out, we've had two terrific years and all these great young players come through. And this is, as I said, a celebration and the fruits of, of what we've seen in those last two years. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited by, by what I see here. Um, there's, you know, of course, with my, with my Canberra leanings, I want to call out some of the, the, the Canberra connected people in this squad. Um, so uh, Hayley Taylor Young, I'm very very pleased to see her listed as a as a defender in the squad. Um, she's had a bit of a turning point uh, season in the A League Women, so I'm looking forward to that'll be a centerpiece of the article. Um, I've just had a chat with Hayley not so long ago. So, but uh, others include um, Sally James, who's uh, you know Canberra who headed down to play for Melbourne City. Emma Ilioski, of course, and um, Chloe Lincoln, who uh, made every post a winner, so to speak, uh, between between the posts in the last few rounds of the of the season this year. But you know, we've also got um, Jessica Nash, who made such a, a mark um, in with Canberra United last season, and I'm sure there are one or two others there with Canberra connections as well. So, yeah, we're really chuffed, really excited to see this, and um, uh, it's free entry. Um, so. Um, it's a nice stadium. They do awesome food there as well. So get along, everyone. Very good. Yeah, you make, uh, make sure you get yourself a Javapi sandwich. I thoroughly recommend the ones at Deacon Stadium. Yeah. Eric, do you know you've heard of any of these players? you have any insights? Dale can go first. Young, we're talking about the young Matilda squad. What you- Poor Dale just turned up and he's right in the yeah, hot seat. Yeah, Dale he just knows- turned up and he's getting smashed with questions. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, first of all, I would like to echo uh, Geta Chavapi. Um, mm-hmm. the, from memory, the, the bistro at the Deakin Club, Croatia Deakin Club, is also quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does come with my highest recommendation. Uh, traffic and public transport, a little bit of a pain, but, you know, you've got legs. Um, yeah. And also, if, if, you're, if you happen to be coming down from Sydney, Canberra, what traffic? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's no, not yeah, exactly traffic. Right. Yeah. Um, public transport also that what public transport um, yes, in yes. terms of the young in terms of the young Matilda squad though um, it's good to see that there's been so many players who have been rewarded with, with like with really quality W League um, seasons who have been rewarded with with call-ups um, I was I was also interested in the fact that like obviously not talking about the young Matildas but that Marissa Vandermeer was picked for the young uh, young Ferns instead of yes I thought she was older that was a Surprise! Yeah, I, that was a bit of a uh, a bit of a surprise for me. Not necessarily just because uh, I think that obviously I think she's good enough to make the senior team, mm-hmm. but 
Um, I can see the logic around it, especially with the under-20 World Cup coming up. You kind of want to have all these combinations ready to go for the tournament. Um, but yeah, I think echoing what um, echoing what Stefan was saying, it's it's really good to see. Uh, it's it's good to have you know Canberra representatives back or Canberrans back in the in the the kind of in the national team setup. It's been a while since we saw the likes of kind of Ellie Brush and Grace Gill and. Um, Caitlin Munoz and obviously Lydia Williams are still there, but it's really good to see so many players kind of getting picked from the region and being able to play at home as well. So yeah, it's good to see. We love getting matches in Canberra as well. Mm-hmm. Home of home of women's sport, we like to think. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah, Eric, it's go great. ahead. Sure. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. So first we got off uh so just a brief correction. Um yes, just Stefan Jessica Nost Dash does have a Canberra connection, but she is from Blacktown. So just want to point that out. Of course, the best thing is Yes, the third person we ever wrote a feature article about. For those of you that listening on the podcast earlier, I'm holding up my Darcy Malone Melbourne City uh, jersey. So that's wonderfully exciting. Of course, um, the young Matilda's coach, Leah Blaney, has known her for a while, was um, instrumental in uh, getting her to switch schools uh, to Westfield Sports High School. So I'm absolutely thrilled to see uh, basically the play is pretty much the closest I'll ever get to a daughter in the squad. Um, what else were my thoughts? Um, just echoing Madge's thoughts that uh, we love seeing Sheridan Gallagher in this squad. We may not be able to say why we love it on this pod, but if you know, you know. Uh, it's I like seeing that they've... Um, it's not just all A-League women players. So we have Gemma Ferris and Daniela Gallich from Football New South Wales Institute. We also have Leah Puxty from the uh, a club with possibly the best name in Australian football, Adamstown Rosebud. And I uh, think that's, yeah, everyone else is in the dub. Also, yep, big fan of Kirsty Fenton as well. So great to see her in the squad. It's also remembering for the actual, t- oh yeah, uh, Aideen Keane, a player that we love for similar reasons to Sheridan Gallagher. Carly Johnson, a player highly rated up at Manly United in NPL New South Wales and was with Sydney FC. But it's just so many names. Sarah Hunter is another player that's come through at Sydney FC. And um it's worth noting that uh, the eligibility, with the eligibility being born between 2002 and 2006, it is, um, while these two players are not in the squad, uh, Kyra Cooney-Cross and uh, Courtney Nevin are eligible for the Under-20 World Cup, and you'd imagine they'd be selected. Thank you very much for that, Eric, and a nice summary. Just a shout-out from me to Miranda Templeman, who friend of the pod has been on a previous mm-hmm. one version of our, our podcast as well. And a shout out to all the Victorians on the list, whether or not you're a Victorian born and bred, or you've ever set foot in Victoria, I will claim you as Victorian enough. Uh, great to see it in there. And you know, it, it's a, Oh no, it's a plural. The plural, the plural works. There are two. Okay. <laughs> cheeky, too cheeky. All right. Well, so we will have Stefan go off and scout out and maybe come back next pod and give us some insights. Maybe we'll get a little bit of audio. I don't, I don't think that there's a media accreditation for that match that I've noted. Oh, but- mm. Actually, yeah, there would be, a, there would have been an email by now. You're right. So yeah. Anyway, we'll see what we can do and maybe we'll even try and see if we can get one of the players on, on a call with us. I, I don't know. Can't promise. Uh, on to the match. Junior Matilda's training camp. So as we said before, I incorrectly said 2000, but players born in 2005 only. A 22-player squad at the moment, uh, 
players from Western Australia are excluded just due to COVID protocols. So if you were to go through the list, there's no players in there from WA, but that's, a, that's okay. There'll be more training camps in the future to get some visibility of how those players are going. Uh, did anyone want to give a shout out to anyone in there? Because we've got a lot of content, but we can Stephen did. pause for a moment. Stefan did. Yeah, two more, two more Cam- Canberrans, so which is awesome. Uh, Nikita Perry and Betsy Reithmuller, both of whom played in um, Canberra United Academy the last year or two. Uh, certainly Nikita's been in NPLW1 for, uh, I think, a couple of seasons. Uh, to, she's in a second season, I think, with the Academy and may have played with West Canberra before then. Um, Bessie Reithmuller was... Um, they're both attackers. Um, Bessie Reithmuller was... Um, in reserve grade mostly last season for Canberra United Academy. And I think she made about four appearances in, in top grade. And I was at two of them from memory. And in one game, she was playing in a, an attacking midfield role, another as a, as a nine and was very impressive as a, as a striker, central, central striker. Um, I remember in particular one moment after a fantastic game, she um, made an overhead uh, attempt on goal on, on synthetic surface, which is um, not only audacious, but very brave. Um, so, yeah, so both both talented. Um, Nikita is very athletic and um, really good on the ball as well. So um, congratulations to both of them for making the squad as well. Yeah, exciting times. The only other thing that I would like to add in terms of this is only one Victorian on the list, and I... I know that everyone doesn't want to hear about Victoria and woe is us all the time, but there was an interesting post on on one of the the Facebook groups that I noted just calling out that lack of Victorians in there, but maybe that's a good thing for the other states that everyone's doing so well. But from the perspective down south, we, we wonder whether or not there could have been a couple more in there. And I know it comes down to scouting and who's here and who's there. And it's not a be all and end all squad. Sometimes they'll have multiple, but come on the Victorians. We'd love to see more of you out there. I got some Anyone thoughts. Else? I just want, I just got one of Stephanie to go first. Molly will be happy that the Bonnets bench wins Kate and Holly uh, from Tasmania. They're in the junior Matilda squad. They've currently moved up to QAS. So, which if allows match. Match to claim them as well. It's um so yeah. makes that makes multiple people happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, players I've I'm just reading this players I've seen Lara Gooch who actually made her A League Women debut for uh, the Jets recently. Uh, I've seen her play for Emerging Jets as well. There's also uh, Amy Hall who was um, training with training with Wellington Phoenix. What was not allowed to <laughs> to sign for them because she is under eighteen and it counted as an international transfer. And you can't have international transfers for players under the age of eighteen, even though she would have, even though she would only have been going from Sydney to Wollongong. Oh well. Uh, Caitlin Carrick from Melbourne City, Zoe Carapetis from the Emerging Jets. A player I'm really interested in is uh, Megan Mifsud, who's like a really energetic right back. Who's I've seen her for football New South Wales Institute reserves. So uh, loves a tackle, loves getting up and down the field. She'll be great. Uh, also, Chloe Willando, another player from. Emerging Jets, who's impressed me when I've had the opportunity to call their games. And Harriet Shuttleworth, who's uh, from northern New South Wales, but is actually um, travelling down to play in the New South Wales second division with the University of New South Wales. So she's one of the goalkeepers. And uh, she, I do believe she got some first grade action on the weekend, which is great you know, for someone born in 2005. Yeah, and further to, further to that around northern New South Wales, around uh, Maddie Howard coming from Adamstown Rosebud. So oh, yes. So to see... Yes, both both uh, both camps having an Adamstown Rosebud uh, mm-hmm. representative. I think that's also really interesting that 
I would assume that they're able to hold on to that younger talent and try and stop them from going to Newcastle Jets, try to keep them in, in the system and improve the kind of players around them. And, you know, obviously it's good to see players go on and do bigger and better things, but sometimes you want them to stay home and improve their cohort. But yeah, really interesting. Adamstown is a, a like many teams in Newcastle, it's a, it's a historic kind of 1880s team, uh, you know, born of the coal miners. So really good to see them get some more representation. Thank you very much, Dale. Badge, did you have anything that you wanted to add as well? Oh, I think I'm, I'm just going to look forward to uh, the MPL season that's starting this weekend in Queensland and um, checking out the QAS team and uh, seeing how these players go this season. So uh, looking forward to that. Definitely got some names to keep an eye on. Good shout. Uh, and we did have the Victorian NPLW kickoff this weekend as well, and we'll have to get an update on that later. I don't have one at the moment. Let's keep talking about Matildas. We've got the Para Matildas, which were only just recently announced. They've been named to face uh, Japan, Spain, the Netherlands, and the United States in the inaugural Women's World Cup, which is to be held between the 7th and the 18th of May. So that's exceptionally exciting to see that out there for the Para Matildas. The Para Roos have been around for a little while. They've lacked funding, but this time around we get to see the women as well. Just a quick update on the budget. There has been a little bit of money, and we're all excited about money, right? But there's been a bit of money which has been put in the coffers for Football Australia over the next couple of years, $3.1 million to support the legacy of the FIFA Women's World Cup in 2020. 23 by supporting women and girls to participate in football through the mini ruse for girls program and the girls 12 plus football your way engagement program so hopefully that's 3.1 million dollars well spent and part of the development pathway that we harp on about so much to make sure that australia or the matildas continue with where they are in the world right now and don't get just overtaken by other countries which are looking into their development pathways maybe in a stronger way than what we are. Matilda's news. I'm going to throw this over to Madge. All yours. Yeah, so the Matilda's squad uh, came out uh, basically a day, of course, a day after last week's pod. Um, typical timing. Uh, but, yeah, not many not many changes from uh, the squad that went to the Asian Cup, which I, I guess raised a few eyebrows um, around around social media. Uh, but of course we had Katrina Gorey uh, making her return, uh, but with um, McNamara of course has uh, um, done her ACL. So um, out, out of the Asian cup squad. Uh, and then of course there was a lot of conjecture about Alex Chidiak not being selected for the, the squad initially, but she has come back in, unfortunately at the expense of uh, Kyra Cooney cross for medical reasons. But, um, but I guess that means that we get to see Alex, and quite frankly, I'm happy about seeing Alex and Katrina both in the same squad. Um, I'm all for all the, the more ball-controlling con- midfielders we have, the happier I am, uh, and especially ones that can get in and, like, rake a ball back defensively. Just I'm here for it all day. So really excited about those two entries into the squad. Um, I guess I guess some questions were... Uh, from a from a squad that perhaps didn't perform fantastically, um, or, or maybe below expectations at the Asian Cup, uh, why there weren't a few more changes. But I think Tony Gustavson, in his press conference and and in the uh, press release, seemed to be indicating that uh, last year 
was the time that they were spending a lot of time capping new players and and seeing how new players uh, dealt with the camp environment and, and, and dealt with getting some minutes. And they seem to have not necessarily settled, but they're now focusing on getting consistent game time for a core group of players. So it, it definitely does sound like they're starting to settle on a fairly consistent squad. And for someone to break into that squad now, I think they're going to have to do something fairly spectacular. And I think in the press conference, the advice was for players to get overseas and get minutes in competitive leagues and and really show their wares. Uh, and I think that disappointed a lot of people. But at the same time, the dub, even though it's been fantastic and we've seen some fantastic development of players recently, I mean, it's 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 still it's still hard to compare. I think the performance of some of our younger players, um, but then. I'm sure others will have opinions on this. And they may have seen this these two games as an opportunity to keep blooding some new players and keep trying out new combinations and new players to solve some of the some of the holes that we still have tactically. I think some of the combinations is one of the key points as well. That's something that I don't think has necessarily been settled on as as much as the the squad might be in more pen than pencil at, at the moment. I, I think how they all connect and play well together, I think that's a key point. And I'll throw to everyone else in a tick, but the only thing that I wanted to really call out was just in, in terms of the inclusion for chids is that it was interesting the level of detail to me that Tony went into to talk about not necessarily why chids wasn't in the squad before, but why she's in the squad now. And he went on to talk about, she needed to find her love of the game again. And I think for me, I mean, I, we've had kids on, on the pod. She's absolutely brilliant, but I, I wouldn't say that I know her, but I just think that the way that she plays, she's always showing that passion out there. So I think I thought it was an interesting call out, not only because of what he said, but the fact that he said it as well. Quite often you don't get a lot of detail around uh, why players are, are in or out. But anyway, that just my thoughts uh dale did you have some thoughts as well um yeah the, the point that match makes around you know uh go overseas and get some minutes it it and i was just hence my my lack of dexterity in terms of using my hands and a computer at the same time um it reminded me of in 2008 before the 2010 men's world cup pim Verbake said um basically that like if you want to play in the soccerers team like I don't care where you're playing overseas, but go play overseas. He said, if you train for three weeks with Nuremberg or Karlsruhe, I have to be very honest, I think that's better than playing A-League games. I saw the important games last weekend. You can see players under pressure. Didn't bring the same performance that I've seen before. They're still not very consistent. Goes on to say, I'm not here to please the players. I'm not here to please anybody. I'm here to win the game. That's the responsibility I have to Australian fans and Australian football. And I think that that's kind of reflected in the point that Tony's making is like, yeah, the W leagues or the A league women is great. And like, it's our local league and we love that. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, at the same time, if you look at the fact that if you take, you know, take Sam Kerr, for example, the last season that she was here, she scored 480,000 goals for Perth, mm-hmm. went back to the US. And yes, she was a top scorer, but like her her goals per game return was significantly diminished because she's playing against a better quality of opponent. Same kind of thing when you see Alana Kennedy when she was defending for Sydney in the season before she left. Like she was far and away the best defender in the league. And then she goes over to Man City or goes to Orlando 
plays well in Orlando, goes to Man City, can't get regular minutes. Because as you said, like if you're going to be playing in that top, top league, you have to be a top, top player. And that's what we want our players to be striving for. So it's been really encouraging to see players like, you know, uh, Remy Seamson. Uh, well, I mean, Chid's going over to Japan was one, but, you know, uh, these Seamson's the one that comes to mind. But a lot of these players going over to play in Nordic leagues or go and play in kind of the top tiers of Europe. Like Amy Harrison might be playing for PSV. She's getting relatively consistent minutes. It's not a lot of minutes, but she's playing in a decent quality league. That's a way to get noticed. These, te- these games are all covered relatively well. There'll be plenty of tape for Tony and his mates to go over. And if you're playing consistently well in that kind of t- in that kind of comp, then you're going to be playing yourself into a into a jersey. Um, but at the point that you make about the the detail that he went into around Chids was, I think, quite interesting. Also, because we don't kind of like, I feel like Tony's very much a hand on the shoulder, encouraging kind of manager, whereas other managers are kind of give you a rocket and expect you to perform. But I feel like he kind of. He's, he's very vibes-based, was my point. Um, and he kind of, he he understands that these players aren't robots and that they need to enjoy their work and they need to feel that they're achieving something and feel that they're getting better. So I think that that's kind of encouraging from a from a perspective of, you know, this guy might understand the players, I think, a little bit better than we may have thought he does. I think to your point about just go and play or Pim's point, I suppose, go and play anywhere in the world. Just don't play here. It's better than playing here. I wonder whether or not that proposition is a little bit different if we're talking about the world of men's football versus the world of women's football, because the experiences that we've seen for a couple of players is that the the leagues don't provide the the right amount of uh, medical care and support. And I don't know if that's specific. I don't know enough about men's football throughout the different tiers to say, oh, you know, they're fine up until they're in the fifth league or something rather. So I think the players, the the women players still need to be mindful of Agreed. what's the what's the complete experience that they will get. And even when Alex Chidiak went to Atletico, for example, like she was hampered by all those injuries. She very clearly wasn't enjoying her time over there. Um, and as you said, she went over to Japan, didn't work there. She came back here, like arguably probably one of the top three players in the league this season. And maybe that'll spur her on to go and look for another club overseas or go and look to play for like, I don't know, maybe Real Madrid or go and play for a team in France or a team in Germany, somewhere that'll fit her a bit better. Um, but I think that, that the point that, that Tony's making around, you know, go and find a team where you can perform and you can become the best player that you can be, that's going to stand you in better stead than, you know, being the big fish in the small pond, I guess. And I think also it speaks to, of course, what um, Ante uh, or uh, the coaches following the uh, W League uh, grand final talked about. It's a short season and then now we've just got a long NPL season. And, you know, no disrespect to NPL, but it's probably not going to get you to the standard of performance that you need to perform internationally. And, Dale, to your point about how Alana Kennedy when she last played in, in the dub, if we go in more recently, uh, Claire Polkinghorn, just two seasons ago, she was probably the standout defender. Now, they're two players that get a lot of flack playing for the Matildas because guess what? International football's hard and international teams' attackers are pretty amazing, but people seem to think that you can just click your fingers and bring in a dub, another dub defender who's going to make it 10 times better. They're not. It's not to say that I actually think in five years' time we're looking much better defensively. I think there's a lot of talent coming through. But 
for 2023 in such an important tournament, um, I hate talking about our defensive issues, but here we are. That it, it's a bit of a hard timing issue, I think, for the Matilda setup, and they seem to have been decided to go with experience and bringing in some some of those younger players more, more in the fullback position. So they're making a call, making a hard call, whether or not it's the right call in the end. We'll see. Eric, Stephen. And as you say, the, the, the oh, most sorry. important thing from Tony's point of view is that we win the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who's put the shirt on, as long as they do the job and they win the tournament at the end of the day. Eric, Stefan, did you want to have a chat? Not so much, well, go for it and talk about the Matildas as well, but talk about the, the football fern squad as well. A number of players in there that we're extremely familiar with their names. I mean, yeah, I suppose I can start. Firstly, thanks for giving me the football ferns just because I never thought I'd be bored by a senior Matilda squad that had Courtney Vine, but hey, there you go. You learn something new every day. Uh, I'm not sure that this is the right time to kind of narrow your selection down more than a year out from the World Cup, but okay. Uh, the thing I will say about his point about playing overseas is that, I mean, I'd love players that do the W League NPL thing to make a senior squad, but if you've ever seen behind the scenes at an NPL New South Wales women's game, You'll understand why he said that. So, onto the football ferns. Um, yeah, a few few players that um, catch my eye. Firstly, uh, and I probably most importantly, it's another call up for everyone's favourite shouty goalkeeper, Lily Allfield, who's been uh, so good for Wellington Phoenix. There's also uh, Claudia Bunge, uh, another great season at Melbourne Victory, and really. I think we can't say enough about how she held the victory defense together, especially given the number of times she wasn't, she was playing alongside a makeshift central defender. So there's also um, American born Ali Riley, who by Cheryl's logic, we should call an American, not a Kiwi. And ah, yes. And of course I love seeing um, former young Matildas doing well. So on senior international football. So it's great to see Rebecca Stott there. I I don't get the reference to the logic, but we'll come back to that. You think Steve Cole was Australian, so um, by your logic, Ali Riley's American. So uh, Olivia Chance has uh, been doing well in Scotland, a teammate of Jacinta Galabadarachti, and of course, Madge remembers her from Raw. Uh, yes, uh, this is the one we like to see. Call up for um, the other amazing Grace, Grace Jarley from Wellington Phoenix. She was just, yeah. Um, I think I remember a preseason A-League women quote, uh, what did Gemma Lewis say? She could be the best player in this league. She showed, you know, if she gets if she gets back into the swing of playing and, you know, if her next club move is right, then definitely that's possible because she did some incredible things mm-hmm. for Wellington. Uh, of course, ah, yeah. Uh, one of my NPL New South Wales favourites from Northern Tigers, Malia Steinmetz, is in a player with a wonderful passing range, great technique, can uh, central midfielder, but can drop in at central defence if you absolutely need to. And who are former Sydney FC player, former Illawarra Stingray and MacArthur Ram, Emma Ralston, who's now in Norway with Avaldsness. So, yeah, I know a few of those players. I'm looking to uh, get more acquainted with the football fans because we haven't seen them since uh, 2019 and that uh, tournament we made up so we could win something. Nothing really to add there from me, um, everyone. I've just, yeah, two, two Wellington fans. Where's Pete Satchel? She's there. On the bottom. Second She's bottom. Definitely bottom. There. Sydney FC. Yep. Definitely there. Oh, there he goes. I've got oh Hannah Wilkinson. I forgot about Paige and Hannah Wilkinson. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Definitely there. Yeah, but two uh two Wellington Phoenix players and looking forward to seeing that number go up in the years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um 
this is where further to Madge's point about getting ages wrong. I just thought Mackenzie Barry would be in the um, Young Fern squad, but she's too old. So, mm. <laughs> okay, it's time to talk about maybe predictions or an overarching preview of the match. Stefan, did you want to kick off with your thoughts around? Who do you think might be the the winner on either side, the player who's going to make the difference to put them in front, bearing in mind that the Matildas have not lost a match to New Zealand since, I don't know, 1612. It's, it's been 20-odd years, I hope years, we don't have it? a Kiwi listeners, Cheryl. My goodness. Yeah, hope you didn't I don't, know, I don't know if either. they were called New Zealand a... and Australia at the, the yeah, <laughs> we last lost the game to that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no football back then either, quite possibly. So, yeah. Oh, I haven't really thought about it, but I, I'm, I guess I'm thinking you'd, you'd look at the players who are who are coming into these games with with a bit of momentum. So, whether it's from the from the dub season or from overseas, mostly overseas, I guess. Um, so, which which players would fit that bill? I guess that's the question I have for for everyone here. I'd hope to see um Charlie Grant get some good minutes. She's been getting a lot of minutes overseas, so it'd be nice to see a bit of a mix up there. Maybe a maybe a start for Charlie. Yeah, I agree. And she's a very very versatile player. Can play almost all along the back line. She's the kind of player that I think that we'll need going into the World Cup. Player that can play really anywhere along there. And I mean, potentially at holding midfield if push really came to shove. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be I think that'd be interesting. I think as well, just seeing um, I think we might be getting to a point now where the the battle for that kind of right wing position is really now a battle in two between Haley Rasso and Courtney Vine. Um, and it feels absolutely insane to say that, considering that Vine made her debut like six months ago. Um, but I think that like going forward. You have to really look at that as as a real real battle into, um, but yeah, in, in terms of players that, that I'd like to see what, do well, I think think your point around um, around uh, around Grant doing, getting in there and, and having getting a shift, I think is important. I think we also need to really figure out what's going to happen with the goalkeeping situation as well, because I think really there's probably like five goalkeepers that could be picked in this squad, and I don't think too many people would really have a problem with that. I think you could probably chuck Wyman and Dumont in as your, you know, fourth and fifth choice as well. And I don't think too many people would bat an eyelid at that. So, you know, we kind of really, and that was one thing that we saw recently we had uh, in the series with America, we had uh, Tegan Micah and Liddy Williams play, if I remember correctly. And then went into the Asian cup with, with uh, again, you know, inconsistency in goal. So I'll be interested to see where, where, where things go there. They're all playing. So, you know, this opportunity. Lydia's obviously not playing as much as we'd like for Arsenal at the moment. Eric, did you have a prediction? Uh, one nil to the Ferns with a goal from Rebecca Stott. That would make me so happy. Ooh, very nice. Good good prediction. Yes. I, I predict humidity and that helping out the Matildas in council. <laughs> so, Gary Fowler um, to be the only person with you know who doesn't lose like 30 kilos of water weight. Yes, I uh, Oh, uh, she's the only Northern Queenslander, or oh, someone who's players. Uh, Mary Fowler, uh, who 
Um, yeah, Mary Fowler, I think, is the only North Queenslander. There's a bunch yeah. of Queenslanders in yeah. the squad. I think yeah, there's but, nine yeah, Queenslanders but in the squad. No, it's, it's different in North Queensland, isn't it? That, oh, there's yeah. a big difference between Brisbane and Townsville. So I haven't been further than Mackay, so... <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah, well, you can we yeah. can ask you just how that was for you next week. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> well, so when send, I said going to send like... Madge and a Cobra um, <laughs> so that she blends in. <laughs> Take take fly spray or something or other. I, yes. I don't really know. When I said predictions, I kind of meant maybe the score, but I, I think the team have given you a much better version of predictions than the score. Let's keep moving around the world then because we've already been talking quite a bit on the pod, but there's plenty of other things that happen. The dub has finished for the season, but it's only now that we're seeing some of the medalists come out from the recognition within the club. So Alex Chidiak won the victory medal. Congratulations to Chidiak. I don't know if there's anything else. There's nothing else in my show notes. All okay, right. I didn't see anything. So um, well, that le- leads me to throw to Eric and Dale to talk about the, the Champions League, if you wish. So, how do we spit? Did you watch WSL, Dale? Because I only watched highlights of two of the six games. I did not, unfortunately. Um, okay, yeah. <clears throat> we'll, unfortunately, we'll keep I did it not. brief then. We've got we'll plenty brief, of other yeah. stuff to but, keep going through. So, did you, did, did you watch Champions League, though? I did watch okay. some of the Champions League. Okay. Okay. Um, we can go through that. Uh, so, yes, obviously the biggest game of the round was Barcelona 5, Real Madrid 2 at Camp Now, 91,000 in attendance, a new world record for women's club football. Or women's football, I believe, maybe the biggest crowd of all time. No, I don't think it beat the US World Cup. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that wouldn't did. have been. It did, yeah. didn't it? It did. No, no I, I think the Women's did. World Cup was... Um, at the anyway, biggest, definitely the biggest, definitely the biggest. Definitely yeah, hang on. Let's actually, I've got a, you've given me a research project. Carry on. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Real Madrid went 2-1 up and then Barcelona decided to Ooh, like, not yes. lose. Uh, <laughs> Real Madrid's second goal, if you do get a chance to see that, just like softly chipping the goalkeeper from 40 yards, as cool as you like. Um one of the things that I did enjoy, and and I know that we've said said this a bunch on the, on the pod, but like Real Madrid getting booed and whistled every time they touch the ball it, yeah. by ninety thousand people, like wow! If that's your first time playing in front of more than like fifteen hundred, because Madrid play at a really small ground, mm-hmm. will be so intimidating. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Barcelona go through to the next round. Uh, PSG two, Bayern two. Mm-hmm. Uh, after extra time, PSG scored. Uh, it was 2-1 at full time, so it was yeah. 3-3 on aggregate. Yeah. There is no away goals rule in European club football anymore, which is great for those of us who don't like maths. Um, <laughs> and then PSG scored an extra time winner um, to go through on aggregate. Uh, Wolfsburg 2, Arsenal Sorry, no, no, There was an interesting point in PSG, PSG Bayern. I noticed Bayern had only had four players on the bench and then only used one of them the only one came onto the field so i hope everyone's okay that, that, that's not a yeah that's not ideal obviously yeah especially for a european game usually yep. they have seven subs on the bench yeah uh wolfsburg two arsenal nil at the wolfsburg arena uh mm-hmm. wolfsburg go through three one on aggregate and huge result uh big turnaround in the in the fourth game leon three Juve one uh leon go through four three on aggregate uh they were down two one on aggregate uh, from the first leg, but yeah, really big turnaround for them. Uh, so the next uh, the next set of matches is in about three weeks' times, twenty third and thirtieth of this month. Uh, the the what do they call it? They call it the shock in French. Uh, Lyon versus PSG on one leg, and Barcelona versus Wolfsburg 
sorry, in one one tie and Barcelona versus Wolfsburg in the other should be a super set of semifinals. And then the uh, unfortunately for Juventus, they're hosting the final on the twenty second of May at the Juventus Stadium. So yeah. Um, if you do get a chance to watch the highlights from any of those games, they come with my highest recommendation. The PSG Bayern game was fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what language you listen to because no. they're all great. There are, uh, if if this is if it tickles your fancy, there are four languages available for highlights now for all of the games. So you can listen to them and compare and contrast. You can become more worldly, which I think is important. Yes. How's your research going, Eric? Okay, so congratulations, Cheryl. You were right. The... Oh. Um, the 91,553 91, for Barcelona Real Madrid, higher than the 1999 Women's World Cup final crowd of 90,185. So it's important for me to pay credit to you when you're right, because I spend most of my time trying to annoy you here. So um, <laughs> He does a very good job of it. Yes, I am very good at annoying people. It is true. <laughs> this is, By the way, this is how I behave when I do comms for MPL TV, so it's not an act. Uh, but uh, what else was I going to say? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, once again, if you're not already, get on. It's spelled D-A-Z-N, but I believe it's pronounced DAZN. But anyway, DAZN YouTube, which has everything that um, they've all just been talking about in terms of highlights and games in multiple languages. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll go through the WSL results. I'll just go through them quickly. So Birmingham nil, Everton nil. Entertainment nil. Sorry. <laughs> this, game, this game shouldn't have been played. Just yeah. cast this game into the fiery depths of hell. Uh, West Ham nil, Manchester City two, uh, and Manchester United one, Brighton and Hove Albion nil, Leicester City nil, Arsenal five. Only five uh, this weekend. They, 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 yeah, look, they've copped, they've copped 15 goals in the last like week, so let's go easy on Leicester yeah. at the moment. Also, their best players out with an ACL for the season. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea five, two of which were to Sam Kerr, uh, beat Reading nil, and that was at uh, Kings Meadow. And I believe Spurs v Villa was postponed, but I'm unsure of that one. I think there might oh, still I be thought some COVID that, cases. That appeared on my live score app. I got a 1-0 oh, yeah. win to... One nil winner to Aston Villa over Tottenham. Eighty-eighth minute winner from Ramona Petzelberger. So, oh, we love to see it. Um, I can do the rest okay. of Europe. We'll have to have yeah. to update our show notes, and that's uh, round nineteen of twenty-two in a dome yeah. as well. So it is it's, sticking it's along kind of over like, there, as are many of them. We kind of know what's happening at the bottom end of the table. Um, Birmingham yep. will most likely go down yep. at this stage, yep. um, but the top, it's really heating up. I think it's kind mm-hmm. of a race in four at this point between Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester City and Manchester United, uh, and maybe even Spurs. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> who wants to do Europe? I can. Just if now... Four... No, we can't. His internet Fortunately, I have been very <laughs> lax on my um, Scotland. What? Oh, I could just say no, whatever I want. My back? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, you're all good. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, thankfully, I remember this. So, there was no Scottish League action, but there was a Scottish Cup action. Now, unfortunately, Aoife Koval is at, has done her ACL. So, wishing wishing Ireland's own Aoife Koval all the best with that one. But her Glasgow City side uh, had a pretty easy 8-0 win over Sterling Uni in the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. And thankfully, I just remembered to look this up. Jacinta Galabalarachji's Celtic and live chances Celtic as well. They won 2-0 over Aberdeen in their cup quarterfinal. So on to France. Um, so Mary Fowler's Montpellier lost 1-2 at, oh, sorry, lost 2-1 at home to Stade de Rem with Mary Fowler coming on in the 65th minutes. Um, Ellie Carpenter's Lyon won 2-0 away against Gangon, but she didn't play, wasn't in the squad, which suggests an early release for international duty. 
in Italy, um, it's yeah, it's been a rough season for uh, Aussie duo over there at Pomigliano. They lost 3-0 at home to Sassuolo. Ella Mastro Antonio played the first half. Ivy Luik was an unused sub. In the Netherlands, uh, we spoke about her briefly earlier. Amy Harrison started and played 82 minutes as PSV defeated Herenveen by a goal to nil. Over in Serbia, it's um, another great result. It's, I believe, that's 17 wins from 17 now for um, Spartak Subotica. And Vesla Milivojevic scored the opener in their 4-0 win over Masinac. And uh, I can I did also look at the NWSL while I'm on a roll. So uh, it was uh, San Diego Wave for Angel City 2, but Emily Van Egmond didn't play for the Wave, which, like Ellie Carpenter, suggests an early release for Matilda's duty. I wonder if they have a name for that rivalry yet. Because like, Oh, it's both Southern California? Yeah, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw, I can't That's remember what it point. was. They, they, I did. I did see a graphic. Um, the Los Angeles, was, the Los Angeles men's derby is known as El Trafico, which is oh, fantastic. that's sensational! <laughs> oh my god! It All definitely right, wasn't that, but um, there's Homework. definitely one out there. We'll, we'll we'll have to make one up. Yep. Stefan, you've got some updates. Hopefully, from the Nordic football league is just or not league, but leagues are just kicking goals right now and getting busy, keeping yeah. you busy. It is getting busy, yes. Uh, we've got news from all four of the uh, Nordic leagues that are usually in scope for our Nordic wraps. Yes. So we've got some news from Aussies in Iceland as well, but I'll, I'll go over that in a minute. So over in Norway, in the top series, it was round three, and um, Kali Rosbacken came on for about the last five minutes in extra time uh, in their um, top-notch game against Brand. And our Brand were, were Sandviken before, so another top-four side from last season. Um, so it was a, their first real test for, for LSK and uh, it was all going pretty well for them, I have to say. They, they um, competed very well in this game. Um, Brand's um, goal difference before this game was like plus 10, so it was going to be a, a real test. Um, Fiona Wurtz made her um, uh, debut on the, in the 78th minute, but unfortunately after about five minutes on the field, she brought down... Um, one of the brand attackers in the box, mm. and oh, no. uh, yes, and a, and a penalty was was given. And we should uh, agree. We should um decide on something. So when she does something good, she's an honorary Aussie, and when she does, oh, you're Stephen. Keep going. He's frozen, but yeah, um, that sounds good, Eric. That sounds awesome. Um, so yeah, that leaves um um LSK Kabina in fourth place and Brand on top. Um, over in Sweden, it was round two of the um, Damal Svenskan. And uh, Polks played a full game for Vizio um, in their one-all draw against uh, Tegan Micah and Charlie Grant's Rosengard. So um, Tegan and Polks were, were, were both played full games. Uh, obviously, Katrina Gorry is not there yet for, for Vizio, and Charlie Grant got, came on the 83rd minute for Rosengard. So the one-all draw means that Vizio are currently 11th after early days, round two. And Rosengard, who are normally right at the top of the table, are currently fifth. They had a, they had a, uh, with that draw, um, there's a couple, few other teams above them who've won two games. Um, and in the other game that's of interest to Aussies, uh, even though there are no Aussies there yet, um, Hammerby had a 4-1 loss against BK Hecken, which was um, Dylan Holmes' team from last season. So that leaves Hammerby at, at the bottom at the moment, so they'll be keen to get their Aussies over. And uh, Hecken in third, which is uh, pretty much where they rightfully will be, uh, probably throughout the season. 
um, over in Denmark. It was it was um, round robin game two for both the round robins. The uh, in the championship round robin, playing for spots in the Champions League. Um, Fortuna Hearing had a really good solid four nil uh, away win against T. And uh, all three Aussies, Angie Beard, Indy Riley, and Claire Wheeler, started and finished the game. And Indy scored the third goal and was interviewed afterwards. So we'll try and get some uh, footage of that interview in the in the Nordic rap. We love an Indy, India Page Riley interview. We do, yes. <laughs> yep. Um, in the promotion relegation round robins, um, Jenna McCormick's AGF had a nil all draw against B93, which always reminds me of Beyond 90, but three minutes into extra time. Um, and Jenna, unfortunately, was not on the match card for that game. Uh, still suffering a bit from that um, sore ankle from last week, we think. Uh, and finally, Iceland. Um, the competition has not yet started. It's, it fires up on April the 27th, I think. But um, Margot Chauvet and Susan Fongsong Cam are both signed to KR Reykjavik, who've got a bit of history with Aussies. Um, in the past, we will probably recall Grace Ma playing there. And last season, Aideen Keane making every post a winner and, and really... Um, getting her club over the line with the promotion back into the top flight. So Angie Beard as well? KO? Yeah. KO. Yeah. Angie, Angie Beard yeah. was there um, before Fortuna hearing. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, good history with Aussies, and we look forward to Margot and Susan coming on board there. Just all the work is yeah. cranking up for you, Stephanie. Oh, it's, there's more as well. So, I mean, this will be useless to the listeners by the time the pod comes out. But, Stefan, uh, there's big news coming in at 8 p.m. that you'll want to pay attention to. Anyway. All right, I'll do that. APM. Oh, a teaser. Okay. Oh, well, oh, oh, it's it's. I got an email that's embargoed until eight PM. So I assume. Oh, media yeah. elite over here. Uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, maybe we can get Stefan to take us through Capital Football results round one. Round one. Yes. So it's good to be out of the action again this weekend. Uh, one game was was postponed. The game between Gungahlin United and West Canberra. But uh, we were talking earlier Why? about. Um, they didn't really say, so I suspect mm. something to do with a certain virus. But um, aye, aye, aye. yeah, um, we were talking earlier about Nikita Perry um, being part of the uh, Junior Matildas, and uh, I was witness to her performance on the weekend at Deakin Stadium in their game against Canberra Croatia, Canberra United Academy against Canberra Croatia. Canberra United Academy um, are one of the few teams have found ways to trouble. Canberra Croatia on occasions the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but they were not able to do so in their opening game of the season. Um, all, all three games that were in round one were were fairly one-sided. Um, on paper, this one looked like the one that was going to be least one-sided, but that's not the way it, it transpired. So new coaches for both sides, Canberra Croatia under Zoran Glavinich and um, Sarah West, who was Canberra United's assistant coach last two seasons. Um, taking charge of the academy um, right now. And the academy uh, team, having lost Sasha Grove and um, um, who else did they lose? They've lost two, two attacking um, um, Anna Hunt. Anna Hunt's gone to Sydney, that's right. Um, you know, which, do you remember which club in Sydney? Um, so Sasha's gone to Sp- uh, Spirit. I'm not Sasha's sure. good, there. correct. Yep, and I'm not sure about Anna. Sorry, I can't. I'll find. I'll find out. Can't recall. Yeah, yeah. Um, but quite a quite a big loss for them. They, they, those two were uh, mainstays of their uh, their attacking prowess last 
season or two. Uh, both, uh, both have been around for two seasons in that league. Um, and the academy competed well. And, and in fact, they scored the goal of the game with a magnificent team goal from, from, um, from a goal kick, uh, just playing through the defence down the right, right side of midfield, right across the other side of the field. And um, Taylor Hampson took a shot from inside the box, which was parried by um, Croatia, Canberra Croatia's Nat Vasta in goals into the path of Sophia Christofferson, who was captaining the academy this year, and she tucked it away. But otherwise, it was a very strong statement of intent by Canberra Croatia, who've started a bit slowly the last couple of seasons with um, with um, some results they like to work. They have liked to have worked their way into games under Nick Brozinich. But um, their performance in the Charity Shield and in this game shows that they're, um, you know, firing uh, quicker this time around. So uh, they're, again, going to be very much a force um, to be dealt with. Uh, quickly, in the other two games, Tuggeranong United down at Greenway um, had a 5-1 loss against Belconnen United. And mm-hmm. Kira, Bob, Kira Bobbin scored a hat-trick for Belconnen. Belconnen are interesting because they've lost quite a few players mm-hmm. to, to uh, other teams, uh, especially Canberra Olympic, who I'll talk about in a minute. Um the season is fascinating in that normally we don't see much movement of players around the, the teams, but this season has tipped all that on its head and um, we've seen a, a swathe of talent um, find its way to Nicole Beggs, Canberra Olympic, and that's had a bit of a ripple effect around all the other sides who have had to fill holes in, um, in players that they've lost and promote players also from their reserve grade. So it's probably um, the start of the season is one of the more interesting ones in recent years, I think. Um, but yeah, 5-1 win to Belcon still still looking with the goods. They've still got a very good squad, of course. But for the first time, I think in more than 10 years, they'll probably not be listed as one of the two favourites for the competition. Um, that mantle will go to Olympic alongside Canberra Croatia this year, I think, at this stage. But we'll see. Um, and, the other, and then the other game, yeah, Canberra Olympic. We're 11-0 up down at Wagga um, at halftime. And uh, they ended up winning, winning 13-0. So that's a complete blowout. Uh, rough start for Sam Gray's men, uh, players down, sorry, Sam Gray's players down at uh, Wagga. And Meg Roden, who is um, a Canberra United Academy product, scored a hat-trick um, for, for Olympic. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting out there and having a look, look at them soon. That's it for round one. Thank you very much, Stefan. Um, speaking of interesting, Dale, I don't know if you're quite ready to announce what is um, a pretty exciting moment to go through some award-ish kind of thing. So are you happy to do oh, that yeah. before Queens of the Week? I think that's a I think that's a good way to lead into the Queens of the Week. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, took a took the opportunity this year to kind of mix up the way that we did uh, Player of the Season voting um, this year. So we've we've uh, come together the Brains Trust at uh, beyond 90 has come together and we've all collectively voted for our player of the season in the A-League women, our young player of the season. And we've also voted on a team of the season. Uh, so there was a slightly different process this year uh, in which we took the season as a whole and we allocated five points to the best player, four points to the second best, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody got five points. Young player of the year was similar. We did 3-2-1 uh, and that was taken over the entirety of the season instead of per game. Uh, we felt that it was slightly more even that way 
it's it's still uh, obviously it's still an uneven draw, even though it is a longer season. But it's unfair to have, you know, two teams at the bottom um, playing off for a, you know, points and player of the year that were worth three instead of uh, having that kind of judged over the course of the season. And as I said, we also voted for a team of the season. Uh, so I'll just bring those up for us. But uh, it is my pleasure to announce that the 2021-22 Beyond 90 A-League Women's Player of the Season is Fiona Wirtz. Uh, took out a fairly handy lead um, in the voting panel, uh, followed closely behind by Alex Chidiak and Courtney Vine, uh, who came in second and third. Um, so congratulations to Fiona, um, you know, one of the great A-League women's seasons in terms of goal scoring, um, really, you know, was one of the two that dragged her team uh, through to the finals for the first time. And I think just reward for an Adelaide team that I, I think for many people exceeded expectation um, this season, which was was really, really good to see. Uh, young player of the season, I don't think it was much of a debate, uh, f- fairly handily one by one. Alex Chidiak from Melbourne Victory. Uh, achieved almost double the amount of votes that the next best uh, young player in Mackenzie Hawksby um, garnered. Chelsea Dorbel was player number three for young player of the season. Uh, and in terms of player, in terms of the teams of the season, uh, our team of the season reads thus. So in goals, we have Casey Dumont from Melbourne Victory. Uh, our four-player defensive line reads Ali Green of Sydney FC, Winona Heatley, Melbourne Victory, Matilda McNamara from Adelaide United and Caitlin Torpy from Melbourne City. Um, Winona Heatley from Melbourne City as well, sorry. Uh, midfield of uh, Mackenzie Hawksby from Sydney, Katrina Gorry from Brisbane, Alex Chidiak from Melbourne Victory, and then a front three of Courtney Vine of Sydney, Fiona Wirtz, captain and leading the line, and Hannah Wilkinson from Melbourne City. Reserves, uh, basically the five next best, uh, Lily Oldfield in goal or reserve goalkeeper Polly Doran and Kara uh, Cooney Cross from Melbourne Victory, uh, Chelsea Dorbot from Adelaide United and Leah Privatelli as the uh, reserve attacker. So congratulations to all those players. Um, you have received as your prize uh, our undying love and affection, um, which I believe is priceless and thus cannot be valued. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Think a think a really cool way of doing it this season, just because yep. uh, I feel like last season we kind of valued some games too much and didn't value other games yep. enough. But I think this is a really even way of looking. I don't think many people can argue with the, yep. the top scorers um, as the player of the season, especially in that team. Yeah, and I, to start you, making young player like under twenty because I found yeah, young player very hard. I was like, yeah, it's but- it seems really it seems really weird. Every other competition, <laughs> every other sport, it's like under twenty three, which again is a completely arbitrary it- number. Yeah, um, but and yeah, also seventy-five percent of the dub, which is awesome. yeah. I was going to say it feels like should be either still at high school or in the first year of uni, um, yeah, okay. not allowed to like have moved out of home or something. Yeah, <laughs> we need a non we need a non non numerical. Uh, yes, just a vibes-based young player of the year. You yeah, look young enough. Based, yeah. yeah, young enough. Um, so like, but yeah, it was funny. Like for example, Charlotte McLean. Um, I don't think was eligible because I feel like she's too old to be a, a young, a younger defender or something like that. But yeah, there were a few like that. Anyway, so that's player of the season. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I like your point, Dale, about doing it this way instead of the three to ones for each game. Because like it or not, uh, not all games are created the same for this kind of thing. They're not all the same weight, so doing it this way. Also, um, 
uh, Matilda McNamara making the starting center of events without me voting is quite something. Thanks to yeah. all of you. And uh, the other point, uh, Winona Heatley, Matilda McNamara, Caitlin Torpy, and Mackenzie Hawksby were in our NPL New South Wales team of the year last year. It's, it's, it's a team that Casey Dumont and Courtney Vine have also made uh, in the past. So, yes. Uh, nice. Love to see it. Shout yeah, out to Posa like- as well, aka Polly yeah. Uh, big shout out to a uh, friend of mine um, and f- f- former friends, uh, Boom Rookies podcast, who kind of inspired this. They have an MVP for uh, rugby league that they do each season, and this was kind of taken from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, modeled upon that that model, and yeah, really, really helpful. Um, but now I've also learned a lot of things about Microsoft Excel, so I think I'm the real winner. Ah, yes. Well, that's <laughs> the most important thing. You set it that's up. You've you got to be the biggest I'm- winner, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm garnering more life skills. That's what we really love to see. Thank you very much, Dale. That was terrific, actually. And I enjoyed the voting process, although saying that there were quite a lot. Hot off the press, the oldest player of the season or the um, the best oldest player of the season is Melissa Barbieri for sure, right? We didn't vote, but let's just let's just call it out. Well, I mean, Bubs, Bubs was equal uh, fifth in terms of voting. Um, there was uh, Hawksby fourth, and then Dumont and Barbieri both on, uh, both in like equal fifth. So I think that that stands testament to like how good Melissa Barbieri still is, um, mm-hmm. even after twenty five years at the top level. Yes. And while we didn't vote on it specifically, I, I believe coach of the season was Jeff Hopkins, based on you know just the chatter that we have generally around the room. Again, vibes based. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, right. I mean, his uh, yeah. Um, if his squad is still alive after eleven games in fifty-one ga- days, you can be coach of the year. That's fine. Terrific. Queen to the week, Eric. Start with you. Okay, so it's not what I put in the pod notes. I've called. I've made a late change. So my first set of queens of the week. Everyone involved at Liverpool because they're back in the FA WSL. Shout out to them. Um, Matt Beard, the coach, has uh, done a great job. And shout out specifically to their Irish international trio of Nifahi, Leanne Kiernan, and uh, long throw expert Megan Campbell. Uh, Megan Campbell, to if you haven't seen her long throws, they're like Sam Starb's long throws. They're quite, quite something to watch. And um, a, another queen of the week, it's been uh, announced recently. Uh, shout out to Football New South Wales Institute Reserves Captain Chantel Medini. She's been called up to the senior to the Philippine senior squad for their upcoming camp and two uh, international games against Fiji, which will be held um, at Wanderers Football Park. So that's uh, absolutely brilliant. And um, I will make sure I enough her in the comps. That's- I was going to let Madge go next, but I'm going to go next just to say that Eric stole my homework, although not entirely. So my queen of the week is ex-Newcastle Jets and Canberra United player Katie Stengel, who scored, she wasn't, I mean, they scored four goals, so yeah. but she scored in the 59th minute for Liverpool on their way to WSL promotion. So congratulations to Liverpool. Madge, your turn. Yeah, well, mine's like, it, it's the history-making uh, game between Barcelona and um, and Real Madrid. But in particular, there were three outstanding goals. Yeah. You know, your favourite cross shot and I don't care if you want to call it a cross shot I love them um Mappy Leon um for the first the opening goal in the ninth minute um but my favorite goal and you know, check out all the goals but my favorite goal was um from Pina absolutely uh rocketing it into the uh top left corner after 
chesting. I don't think the ball was even for her, to be honest. Um, but she she grabbed it and and shot it. Just a beautiful goal across the keeper. The keeper couldn't get there. Um, great goal. Dale, your turn. Uh, my queen of the week is the entire Everton women's setup for not conceding a goal for the first time in a month. <laughs> Uh, it's these kind of steps that we really need to be taking mm-hmm. to kind of not becoming third last in the league. Um, but look, doesn't get much easier. Uh, they play Arsenal away, uh, Arsenal at home this week, Spurs, and then Brighton to finish the season. So um, I think it's been a pretty tough season for, for Everton with, they've had obviously a lot of coaching changes. Uh, I think they've had two coaching changes this season and, you know, things haven't really gone to plan. Uh, but yeah, really good to see them not concede a goal against the the team coming last. Thank you very much, Stefan. I've deliberately left you last because I've made the fe- feature image in your honour or in honour of your Queens of the Week. You're so awesome. Thank you. Yes, um, you'll be. Well, it's unsurprising perhaps, but uh, my Queens of the Week are all the Canberra-based uh, players who've made their way into the Young Matildas and Junior Matildas uh, setups the next week or two. So very well done to everyone. Uh, Emil Ilioski, Chloe Lincoln, Hayla Taylor-Young, Hayley Taylor-Young, Sally James, Nikita Perry and Bessie Reithmuller, who has signed for Sydney University, I believe, this uh, NPL season. So all the best with that, Bessie, as well. Terrific. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you, everyone, for being on the pod with me talking about football. It's the highlight of my week. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to us talking about football. It's the highlight of my week. I don't know if it's the highlight of anyone else's week. For those of you who are lucky enough to be in Canberra to go see the, don't forget the young Matildas games. And then if you're up in Townsville, then you'll be able to see a fantastic game, hopefully between the Matildas and New Zealand and then more international football. Can I just give a quick shout out? If you're going to be in Townsville, pre-game Matildas active drinks at the Australian Hotel, of Mm -hmm. course, because where else would we have them? Where, where are the pre-game drinks for the Canberra game? Uh, King O'Malley's. Of yes. course, the best pub in Canberra. Of course. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. My name's Cheryl Downs. Thank you again. And we'll talk to you again next week for episode 91. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.